Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Steve Linton. Steve is president of Dell Tech Homes, among the leaders in the nationwide movement to build the next generation of home. Deltec is a certified B Corporation that specializes in building energy-efficient, durable, and beautiful panoramic homes using components produced at its Asheville, North Carolina headquarters. Deltec strives to design and build homes that don't just set the bar for today's high-performance homes, but set the bar for the future of building. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. I'm delighted to have you here. Thank you, Ursula. I, I'm humbled and honored, and uh, thank you so much for, for doing what you're doing and sharing these conversations with all of us. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure, and I'm delighted to talk with you because you are the head of a fascinating company. I've been doing research. I, I knew it was fascinating before, but I've been doing research, um, and I'm, I'm constantly intrigued by the things that I've been reading. So. Tell us a bit about Dell Tech and what's different about it. So what's really different about Dell Tech is I like to say that we build the best damn home for the planet. <laughs> and, you know, so we're not, but we're not just building homes. We're really out there trying to make real connections between the people in the homes and the planet. And so those those connections are what speak most deeply to us. And there's there's several different types of those connections. And I think maybe the obvious one that a lot of folks who may be familiar with Dell Tech know would be the environmental connection. So, you know, we're striving to build homes that don't just have a lesser footprint because we like to say less bad is still bad. Um, <laughs> so we're striving to build a home that that has a positive or even restorative impact on the planet. And that's, that's one connection we make through the homes. But some of the other connections that are maybe more subtle, but just as important are, you know, things like um, how we feel connected to the natural world around us and the community around us and even the, the family within the home. That really allows us to kind of be the best version of ourselves through the design of that home. And, you know, so ultimately we're sort of nurturing and, and catalyzing the, the people in the home to have the impact that they were meant to have. Mm. Um, and then I think the final thing that I see so many people talk about with our homes is the impact that the future generations will have. You know, when you build a home that's built to last for so long and you think about how it's passed on from generation to generation and how each of those occupants then has their impact on the world. It really becomes a very powerful um, story. Yeah. Well, I, I was, I was kind of blown away when you started first off talking about connections and uh, I love that there is that vision that Dell tech has. It's not that you're, you're not looking at a 
just from the kind of intellectual standpoint of yes, less waste, less, um, uh, I mean, that, that there's less energy usage, but it's also about the people in the homes and, and their families and the people that live in it in future. It's a great vision. Yeah. And, you know, really that came from listening to the people who, who build these homes because, you know, we've always known all of the things about the technical side of what we do. And yes, it's a very sustainable home and yes, it can resist uh, hurricanes and high winds and, and all these things. But what really people talk about the most was how they feel connected to their families, to the nature outside. Uh, and, and when we started digging into that, we realized that that was really the, the intangible that was most powerful about, about these homes. And um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to explore. Well, um, what motivated you personally to come to Dell Tech? Because I know you were, you're a, a civil engineer, went to Cornell, and you were in Boston for a while. What uh, motivated you to, to come to the mountains of North Carolina to, lead, to be involved in and now lead this company? Yeah. So for me, it originally grew out of a love for sustainability and being involved with green building in the early stages of my career, it was always something that had a strong connection for me. And the other, the other aspect of it was I actually came to Dell Tech from being a middle school teacher. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but uh, it was, it was a fascinating job. And in fact, you know, I've, Maybe one day I will sit down and write this book, but I've often thought about, you know, there needs to be a book about everything I learned about business. I learned from being <laughs> a middle school teacher because right. it's, um, it's the perfect training ground, I think, to thinking about how to build a business for long-term success. And, and, and let me give you some specifics. So when I put myself back in the classroom, I'm thinking about okay, how do I prepare? How do I set the expectations for the students? And what attitude am I bringing into that, that room? And, and those three things are what really set up the students for success and, and change the, the daily conversation from the, the, the drab one to the exciting one. And so uh, as I think about what brought me here and thinking about businesses that can have a positive impact it's very similar to uh, you know teaching the next generation of leaders and developing our students you know there's this there's this tendency to um, thinking of the short-term gains and we just got to pass the next test and there's that same parallel in business uh, you know we it's very easy to be seduced by the lure of short-term gains and profits where you know, the businesses who are seeking to have that long, long-term impact um, have to think about it differently. So that's really what drew me to Dell Tech is I could see that in the fabric of the company. Um, we were in it for the long haul. Hmm. Well, you've been, uh, you, you're the, actually the first non-family member to lead the company. I know it's been family owned for it was family, is still is family owned, I understand. And, and uh, Robert Kinzer is still chairman of the board. Is that, is that true? 
he's still a family one of the original family members yeah robert kinzer was one of the two founding brothers um mm -hmm. he unfortunately passed away just over a year ago oh. um and his family is still um, actively involved and, and owns the business but like you said um also you know reaches out to non-family members to i think to gain that perspective which ultimately i think is what makes the company so so strong yeah well family-owned businesses and um, there's been a lot written about the challenges of that and how did you find that coming into a family-owned business do you did you see some pluses and were there some challenges in that i mean it's kind of a rhetorical question of course there are challenges in everything but yeah there there are there's always challenges in everything but i think the the benefits for me and what i've seen here especially outweigh those challenges um you know i think one of the one of the really unique things about family business um i guess i'm speaking from deltech specifically because this is you know the family business that i've been a part of but there's a there is something unique about the way that people um see their role in the business and it's it's kind of like this concept of skin in the game uh, but but taken to the next level and so um there's this author um nasim taleb who has written this book called skin in the game but he talks about the next level is soul in the game and yeah. what i see it at deltec uh, and, and some other family-owned companies is people have that that deeper connection you know they see their work like um like artisan does where you know they're they're just they're more connected they're willing to take risks they um they're willing to sacrifice more for the collective good and i think in the long run that's a real powerful um force that family businesses have to draw on because you know we we see business as a force for good sort of that that b corporation mantra coming in mm -hmm. there um and that that gives people ownership over over their work and their role which um you know really i think is what is what drives the uh, the growth of a family business well um yeah i mean you've really developed something unique in the the feeling of the company you're b corp certified and um that requires a a kind of attention to the impact that you're having that perhaps is is not as embedded as some other models. So um, I want to I want to circle back to that, but I wanted to help people understand more what's what's unique about Dell Tech in the sense of you start you started off at least your 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 main focus has been circular homes, and uh, I understand that I mean Buckminster Fuller was kind of uh, pioneer in this realm he did some work with kenneth nelson and at black mountain college in the 40s and and eventually in the 50s he he developed the geodesic dome and and uh did the did your 360 collection as you call it on your website is that did that arise out of that or have there been other factors in how you've developed this unique design i i think that it's it's undoubtable that there there was a connection you know, sort of the ethos in Western North Carolina that that began with Bucky Fuller and sort of continued into that, you know, Black Mountain College um, program was 
was ever present here. And, um, you know, the, um, Robert Kinzer, the, one of the founding brothers talked about that a little bit as sort of, you know, part of the, um, the story. And I think, you know, really how that began was Robert was an engineer. He actually worked at Oak Ridge national lab mm-hmm. making experiments that physicists cooked up and, and his job was to make them actually turn into something that was real and practical. Mm-hmm. And so he saw that, that circular home, that panoramic home concept and realized that there were some limitations in the way that it was currently being built. And so much in the way that I think Buckminster Fuller eventually perfected his design, you know, Robert set out to perfect that design that we now call the 360 collection and, you know, creating that curved panoramic um, structure really just opened up the doors to so many things. We talked about at the beginning, all of the connections that that provides. Um, but it's also the basis for the high performance nature of the homes, the the energy efficiency and the resistance to high winds and all those things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to think about how that, uh, how that began and, and it's fun to continue to innovate it today. Yeah, well, I'd like to to talk more about the, the innovation, but before we get to that, I um, I was so struck by um, that you've been shipping homes to Mongolia of all places, and Mongolians, of course, have this history of the yurt, which is kind of the most simple version of what you do, and yet you're you're shipping to them now. So how did that come about? Yeah, that, that's a wild story in my view. Um, I don't honestly remember how it came about. We had uh, a, a couple of folks that actually came and visited us here in Asheville from Mongolia and, um, you know, were interested in, in building a home. And we weren't quite sure what to think about it, to be honest, at first. But the the relationship developed. Uh, I think we've we've built three homes for them now. And there's there's quite a few more that they they have plans to do. But, yeah, it was it was um, it's kind of humbling to be approached by sort of the original um, creators of that design and asked to, you know, produce it back again for their culture. And I think they, you know, they recognized the the excellence that we put into our product. And we also had a respect for, you know, the culture that produced that. So it was a really, uh, it was a really fun project and, and uh, yeah, one that we like to, to talk about. Yeah, that's great. Well, you also shipped to Japan and, and other far distant places too. For sure. Yeah. Are there other, um, I guess, kind of related to that, I, I, I wondered about, um, you referred to this already, but in terms of, of home energy, what things have, has Delta introduced and, and improved upon in, in your work? So the improvements that we have made are pretty wide ranging. And I think uh, some of the examples that, that stand out to me are, you know, for the product itself, we are, you know, now developing the, the building envelope, what separates the, the people inside from the environment outside at, you know, dramatically higher levels of insulation. So, for example, you may, you may build a double stud wall uh, that has insulation three times the value of what a code-built home would have. And 
also has gaskets, you know, sort of built into the system so that as the components fit together, it's, it's extremely airtight. And, you know, a lot of those things we've been able to develop because we are building them in a controlled environment ahead of time. Part of the, the improvements that we make, though, are also just on the design side, thinking about how a home re relates to where it's being built. You know, can we capture energy from the sun uh, for free coming into the home through passive solar design? And, you know, can we think about the, the home from a, what I call a right-sized standpoint, meaning we don't need to build, um, you know, a home that's smaller than we need, but we also don't want to build a home that's larger than we need. And if we can invest in that quality, high performance over the quantity of space, then it's really a win-win for, you know, the people and the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the other things that we have done that I think are exciting are, are more in the process. You know, we build, build these homes in a facility that's powered by 100% renewable energy and, you know, producing 80% less waste than, you know, a, a typical site-built home would have. So it's not just in the product itself, but it's also in the way that we build the home. Yeah, I was intrigued by watching one of the videos on your site about the optimization scanner um, that it, it establishes the maximum possible energy use so it cuts down on waste, which is great because home sites are typically littered by ends of, of lumber that just get tossed away. Yes, yes. And what, what do you do with uh, the scrap that you do have? I, uh, is it all turned to sawdust? Is it um, used in other ways? There's quite a different uh, number of ways that we repurpose uh, the materials that we use. So we do grind a lot of uh, small pieces up into um, essentially into mulch. Um, and so there's a, there's a mulch yard right down the road from us that, that takes all the wood waste. But we also, you know, are trying to find ways to repurpose other materials such as, you know, pieces of plywood or even larger pieces of insulation that are going to organizations like Habitat for Humanity. Mm. Um, we have worked with some local organizations that build um, toys for, for children and they've come and, you know, taken scrap lumber and built the, you know, toy wood helicopters and trucks and, you know, all yeah, kinds of neat little things. That's uh, one of my favorite, you know, stories. So, you know, we always are open to finding other ways to repurpose those materials. Uh, and, and part of it too is just in, like you mentioned, it's how do we optimize it from the get-go so that we're using less to begin with? That's also a big part of the story. Yeah. Well, another one of the advantages of, of what you do is, is attention to wind resistance because the, the eastern seaboard, especially the southern part and in the Gulf of Mexico, it's very much hurricane country and uh, your homes have fared quite well in that environment. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's probably one of the things we're most well known for is you know the the amazing survival of our homes in these just chaotic moments. Um, you know, we saw uh, the most recent round of storms that came through Hurricane Michael and Irma and Maria and um, <laughs> the it, list is long. The list is long and and you know really for 50 years these homes have been withstanding the the harshest conditions that, that mother nature has to to throw at us and that just sort of goes back to the 
you know, the, the sustainable piece is, you know, if we can build a home one time and it lasts for, you know, 10 generations, then that's so much better for the planet than, you know, a, a home that's just sort of put up quick and, and uh, not prepared to resist some of the things that, uh, you know, that we're likely to see more and more in the future as, you know, climate change becomes more of an issue. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to, how to keep our planet uh, in the best condition we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, you've, um, you've been, you've mentioned this and, and referred to it in terms of uh, being involved in community projects like Habitat and, and um, donating lumber for toy production. Are there other community projects that you're involved with that is really kind of near and dear to your heart and the company's? Yeah, there there are quite a few. Um, it's one of the the pieces, obviously, of what a B corporation seeks to do is, you know, to have impact in multiple ways. And so, one of the ones that I am involved with on a on a regular basis that's near and dear to me is Meals on Wheels. You know, the the folks here at Deltec basically take turns, uh, you know, delivering meals on a on a route here around our uh, facility. And so that's something we've been doing um, ever since I started here. And you know, I think the other the other one that's important to me is is around education. Having been a teacher, but we uh, we very regularly will have groups of students in to experience our facility and talk about what it means to build sustainably, and you know, sort of show them where the rubber meets the road. And uh, it's always a lot of fun, whether they're you know middle school students. We had some here last week, or we've got uh, students from Appalachian State University coming next week to. Uh, to work on a project that they're doing with the Department of Energy. So that's really um, satisfying for us, but we also, we learn so much from it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's rewarding in that way just to get ideas from the next generation of leaders. Yeah, well, they ask questions and then you start to think about things in a maybe different way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and what an amazing thing for them to see. I mean, sustainability is discussed, but what does that mean about the wall of their house or where they happen to be living? And that's, that really brings it home, really illustrates it in a, a powerful way. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, I'd love to get into, you know, some of the aspects of the business and how you've been dealing with different aspects of it. And one of the things that occurred to me is that the way that you build, because they're, it's a circular home, the, I mean, even looking, I, I, I know very little about building, but I know just enough to be dangerous. But I, uh, <laughs> so when I see the videos of the homes being constructed, I'm thinking, well, the contractors who are the on-site people who put it all together, how do you work with them as in a way that's going to retain the, the, the unique design and maintain the integrity of all the ways that the design is beneficial when people just aren't used to working with uh, that kind of uh, design and in some cases even the materials you've got some sort of heavier duty type materials that you use that people maybe don't see very often yeah that's a great question one of the things that we have really been able to do over our 50-year history is to I don't want to say perfect the system because our job is never done in this regard, but to make the system as simple as possible so that, yeah, even though we're building with some techniques that are 
uh, a little bit different or materials that are you know that much stronger the actual process of putting a delta comb together is really pretty simple because it has to be right we we can't uh we can't make something that's uh, so complicated to deliver that it's uh you know the builders are are struggling with it so we we work with those builders in a lot of different ways we have a program where we train them sort of on the process of of building the home so that we can help them be successful and we also have folks that we'll send out to you know to the field to work with them in the uh in the actual environment where the home's being built to show them some of the tricks of the trade and you know make sure that everybody's comfortable with the system but i think you know by and large people tend to tend to look at a delta home and think oh that's wow that's that's pretty intricate and, and complex and and it is by design, but the actual implementation piece, I think we've really done a good job at, at simplifying um, down to the essence and really making it so it's something that goes together quickly and easily. Well, one of the things that I, I was thinking that you might struggle with sometimes in your marketing is that the word prefab, I mean, you don't do the actual assembly. You provide the component parts and they're assembled on site by a builder mm -hmm. of the homeowner's choosing. So the word prefab in the past has had somewhat of a bad reputation. And I think that that's shifting now because people are seeing different variations on that theme. But how, how has the company dealt with that perception? Yeah, it's a great question. It's uh, it's interesting how varied people's perception is in that regard. Uh, we see the people who actually come and visit us and, and tour our facility are certainly in the camp of, wow, this is a better way to build. I get this. Why isn't everybody building this way? And um, that's really what we're on a mission to do is redefine the face of housing in America from the status quo to, to the Dell tech way. But as you said, it is a marketing challenge in some respects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one that we still work through on a daily basis. You know, how do, how do we demonstrate to people at first glance that this is, you know, so much more beneficial to their home in the long run? It's, you know, it's weather tight in a number of days. It's not, seeing the rain or the snow or even the ultraviolet and and what that means for the long-term success of that home that they want to be able to pass on to you know to the next generation so it's a it is an ongoing conversation that we that we have to to kind of champion that idea and you know I've, i liken it to i think home building is sort of the last industry where people would consider the way that most homes are built stick building as uh, as a good idea it's it's somewhat like going to a car dealer and saying you know I, I really like that car but i'd like you to to build another one for me but do it out here in the parking lot while it's raining you know it, it, it would seem crazy and and right. in many ways our homes are are built that same way and it's just really hard to to control the outcome um when you're building that way yeah, that is a great analogy. I'd never thought about it like that. I mean, I drive by building sites and you see pallets of lumber just sitting there soaked with rain or especially in areas like ours that where there's a considerable amount of rain. But um, even so, just being exposed to 
temperature and humidity shifts and all of those things, it, it must influence the integrity of the home in the long run. Certainly. Well, another aspect of your business that I'm intrigued by is uh, that you do worldwide shipping now. So how do you make that work from a business model perspective? I mean, I, I guess the simplest answer might be you, that the receiver or the customer pays shipping, but there's there's got to be a more complexity to the model than that, or, or perhaps I'm wrong. Yeah, it's the the concept of shipping worldwide is really something that we've always uh, worked with. The you're right at some level it, it's going to be more expensive to ship that home to Mongolia than it would be say to you know the next state over from from North Carolina here, but you know some of the things that we have done to improve that process are we offset all of the the carbon from our shipping process now through a local program called Appalachian Offsets, so that we're able to at least address the impact of taking these components and, and sending them across the country or across the world. And, you know, it's also had to make us more creative in, in how we make these pieces so that we can fit more of a home in a, in a given trailer or in a given container so that we're being as efficient as we possibly can. Well, that, um, I mean, that kind of, we've looked a little bit at how the company is run in terms of delivering the product, but I'm, I'm also really intrigued by your views on your team and, and how you work together. And one of the things that is true about the building industry in general is, I think this is fair to say, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's certainly very male dominated. So how do you address the issue of diversity within the company in terms of, um, uh, it's, I mean, it's one of the questions in the B Corp um, in panorama of, of aspects of business that it looks at. Is that something you've been able to address or is it just super challenging because of the uh, history of education and skill sets in that realm? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's something that we have been working to include more and more diversity in our company. It's... Um, it's a constant challenge. I mean, I think the, the benefit is clear, you know, the, the research shows that, you know, companies with more diversity are uh, earning more money. And so it's, it's uh, as a B Corp profit is sort of the first ingredient in sustainability. And so how do we drive that through diversity? But it's really, I think um, going back to the long-term thinking concept that I, that I was talking about earlier, um, we are all way better off when we have a variety of perspectives in the room. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, what generates the, the real long-term growth. So, yeah, we're, we're actively seeking that out. It's diversity of, um, you know, in, in sort of all directions, whether that's, you know, the generationally or, you know, males and females or, um, you know, where people's backgrounds and, and, and race, I think all of those different uh, components add to the conversation in ways that I certainly can't do on my own or, or any single team member can't do on, on their own. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you that diversity in the business is well served by all types of diversity. Absolutely. Well, uh, how do you, I, I just recently wrote a blog post about decision-making. So I'm kind of, in, in 
absorbed by that topic at the moment. And I'm, I'm curious, how do, how are decisions made in the company? Is it a, is it a team effort? Are there assigned areas of people's expertise? How do you like to approach decision-making as, as the leader of your company? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I view it as the, the best way for, I believe for a company to make decisions is where the the ownership of problems is clearly defined and i think a, a common challenge that i've seen with with other entrepreneurs and business leaders and i've certainly gone through it myself is feeling like as a leader that you need to solve every problem in the organization right and i think that's as far from um, efficient and productive and, and exceptional as you can be. So by, by decentralizing the decisions into the people who have the expertise or, you know, the experience in a particular area, um, we're way better off. And so one of the things that we actually did last year, sort of along those lines is we reorganized the, the framework of our employees to allow that to happen more. So we used to have a more traditional structure where we have a, a sales department and a design department and a drafting department and et cetera. And what we did is we combined those departments into cross-functional teams where the salespeople and the designers and the project managers and the drafters, they're now all working as a team with a particular customer, uh, helping that customer succeed. And ultimately, they're in a much better position to solve that customer's problems um, and, and solve any other issues that come up than anywhere else. And so it's really, I think, made a huge difference in, um, in helping us to be better at decision making. Yeah, I mean, that uh, speaks to the diversity issue that we just talked about and getting different perspectives and yes. making yeah. a more of a collaborative decision. Yeah. Well, Steve, I'm, I'm, what's the way forward for Dell Tech? I mean, you, you're a B Corp, and to, even to maintain that and also improve on some of the things you're doing, what kinds of things are you looking ahead to in terms of what you'd like to implement? Yeah. the My favorite aspect of having gone through the B Corp process is <laughs> realizing that it wasn't just going through the B Corp process that it was a, it was a lifelong ambition and it sort of creates this framework that challenges us to, to think about that very question. What, what are we going to do next? And I think one of the, one of the aspirations that we're currently working on now is how do we start to increase our social impact? You know, the company for, for 50 years has been highly focused on sustainability and the environmental um, benefit that it can provide through its product. But we're starting to think a lot now about what are some of the more pressing problems that we might be able to, to play a role in, such as affordable housing. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, challenging, you know, uh, hairy issue that's out there. But I think that as we grow our company, it puts us in a position to be able to help solve challenges like that. And so to me, that's probably the biggest one. We'll always be innovating in terms of 
improving the energy efficiency and the sustainability of the, of the product and improving the way that we help people connect with where they're building and, and the design that's sort of allowing them to live the life, live their life to the fullest. But I think the, the social impact is, is our largest opportunity and that's what's got me most excited at the moment. Well, that issue of affordable housing is such a pressing one in high growth areas or even I'm thinking of, you know, post-disaster relief kind of situations. It's, it's uh, got a lot of implications in many different places. So uh, it's a powerful thing to be focused on. For sure. So, Steve, I always wrap up these interviews with a rapid round of three questions. Are you, are you game? Let's do it. Okay. First one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? I would say the biggest thing I've learned is not feeling like I need to solve all the problems. Stop feeling like I'm the one who is responsible for that. Because really, I think in growing other people, uh, that's the best way to have impact is to to grow them and let them have the impact that they're capable of having. Yeah. I'm so with you there. That's great. Um, second question is what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? I would say curiosity, always being interested in learning, you know, putting yourself in that learning mode and finding ways to put your, um, your staff and your friends and everybody around you in learning mode, that's really what I think keeps us all looking for what's next in the realm of positive impact. And the third question is, what's one insight or piece of advice that you'd share with another business owner who's thinking, I, I want to have more impact. I want to reach out and really make a difference the work that I do. What would you say to them? Well, I would say if you haven't explored the B Corporation framework, that's a great place to start if you're looking for guidance. I think more philosophically, I would say make sure you're thinking about accomplishments, not activities. That's a, a mantra that I've taken on. It's so easy to get caught in the day-to-day, what you have to do to check off your list. But having impact isn't about checking things off a list. It's about making sure you understand what you need to accomplish to do what you're setting out to do. That's a really powerful way of saying it, accomplishment, not activities, because we can get so caught up in the day-to-day of getting stuff done, you lose sight of where you're going with respect to the impact you want to have. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this conversation and thanks for giving us a glimpse into your company and the way that you're having impact in a whole variety of ways. So thanks again for being here. You are very welcome. I had a blast. Great. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, Two ways I would suggest. One would be just going to deltechhomes.com. You can learn a whole bunch more there. Uh, If folks want to contact me directly, My email is S, as in Steve, Linton, L-I-N-T-O-N, at deltachomes.com. Great. 
Well, thanks so much, Steve, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you, Ursula. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.